Why, hello there, friends. Welcome to We the Changemakers. My name is Ani, and this is a podcast about the little and the big things that we can do to make this world a better place each and every day. Today's episode is about politics. The midterms are right around the corner, and I had some reflections on the changes that we need to make, not just in these elections, but to society as a whole. Maybe it's time that we start rethinking the system that we have accepted for far too long and think about what are the values that are really important to us, namely love and not fear. So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the episode. Tonight, I went to my first political rally. This was an important moment for me because I have been working towards these midterm elections in the U.S. for the past couple months, and I've also been following American politics very closely for the past couple years and maybe even a little bit longer. But, of course, the election of a racist, sexist liar to the highest office of the land has put me in a in a place where I feel like I cannot stand by and be complacent because standing by and watching these things unfold and not doing anything about it not being vocal would be actually approving of it if you're not If you're not really doing something to fight it, then you're still allowing it to happen. And you're responsible. So I was really excited to go to this rally because I would be getting to see the Vice President of the United States, Joe Biden, who is best friends with Obama, who is my hero. Um, I would also get to see Governor Tom Wolfe, and George Scott, who is running for Congress, both candidates that are very solid, fantastic people here in Pennsylvania that I have been campaigning for and canvassing for in the last couple months. Just to give you an idea, Governor Tom Wolf, who has been in office in uh, Pennsylvania for the last three years and nine months, as he likes to say, he isn't even taking a salary. He believes that he at, you know, rightfully so, working for the people and therefore doesn't take a salary because that's not what he is there for. And George Scott is a fantastic candidate for Pennsylvania. He has been in the military for over 20 years and has actually been a pastor of a Lutheran church for the past nine. And a year and a half ago decided to run in an area where he had almost no chance of winning and when the court struck down a extremely gerrymandered area of Pennsylvania, which was drawn up just to disenfranchise Democratic voters, then all of a sudden he had a fighting chance. And right now, two days before the election, he is very close. He is within single digit points of his opponent. And this gives me hope. This is why I'm here. I came here 
to canvas for these people because I believe that it is time that we hold our politicians accountable and that they should be working for us, for the citizens, for the people who are voting them in, not for big companies, not for themselves. And these are people that I can get behind and believe in. But I also think that we have just come so far from what America should stand for as a country, what it was founded on, that we need to get back on track. And these are the messages that were proclaimed from the stage tonight out of Harrisburg. I was so excited to see these candidates, but what surprised me the most about my reaction was not, was not, it wasn't this kind of giddy feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm seeing these people that I look up to so much, which was there somewhere, but much more present and clear to me was the sadness that I was feeling that we had to do this at all. Let me explain what I mean, because of course, I think that we should all be involved in the democratic process and be active in campaigning for what we believe in. But when we have to stand up for rights that we thought were already guaranteed, that a person should not be discriminated against because of their race, because of their gender, because of their sexual identity, because of their sexual orientation. These are things that I thought we were getting past as a country, as a world. And somehow we find ourselves looking hate in the face and having to respond with love because that is the only way to respond. I'm not going to lie. There was a moment tonight at the rally when people started to chant about Trump saying lock him up immediately there was a backlash not a forceful one but a reaction from the crowd to quiet that reaction to quiet that anger because that's not the way of love that is not the way of hope that is not the way of effective long-term change. Hate and fear are the last-ditch efforts made by those in power to cling to what power they actually have. Love is selfless. Love gives back Love does not take. Love is beyond the superficial. Love inspires. Love gives. Love transforms. Love serves. Fear does none of those things. Fear puts up walls. Fear separates. Fear divides. Fear stirs up hate.
And I don't want to live in a society that is motivated by hate and by fear. I want to live in a compassionate and caring and loving, nurturing, open, beautiful, united society that is based on love. I want to share from a book that I've been reading called The Goddess Reawakening. It is a compilation of essays, and this particular one is called Reclaiming Our Goddess Heritage, and it's written by Rianne Eisler. Now, she's going into detail on how civilizations were viewed their gods and goddesses, and then how their societies were then based around those views. She talks about ancient civilizations that chose to worship goddesses rather than gods, recognizing goddesses as the mother of the earth, as um, the provider, rather than gods which were more focused on power, on dominance, violence, um, repression. So she talks about alternative alternatives to society. And I'm going to read a short passage um, that I have been discussing with a lot of people around me and that makes a lot of sense and that I think would help shape our views on future alternatives to the patriarchal society that we currently are living in and that we have been under for far too long. It makes sense that the earliest depiction of divine power in human form should have been female rather than male. When our ancestors began to ask the eternal questions, where do we come from before we're born? Where do we go after we die? They must have noted that life for them emerges from the body of a woman. It would have been only natural for them to image the universe as an all-giving mother from whose womb all life emerges and where, like the cycles of vegetation, it returns after death to be born again. It also makes sense that societies with this image of the powers that govern the universe should have a very different social structure from societies that worship a divine father who wields a thunderbolt and or sword. It further seems logical that, in societies where the powers governing the universe are conceptualized in female form, women would not be seen as subservient, and that quote-unquote effeminate qualities such as caring, compassion, and nonviolence would be highly valued. What does not make sense is to conclude that societies where men do not dominate women have to be societies in which women dominate men. Because matriarchy is not the opposite of patriarchy. It is the other side of a coin of a dominator model society. This is a way of structuring human relations where the primary principle of social organization is ranking, beginning with the ranking of one half of humanity over the other. The real alternative to a patriarchal or male-dominant society is a very different way of organizing social relations. This is the partnership model, where, beginning with the most fundamental difference in our species between male and female, diversity is not equated with either inferiority or superiority, and the primary principle of social organization is linking rather than ranking. It's a completely different way of viewing society, and it's entirely possible. We don't have to accept what we have been dealt 
in terms of these political cards. And yes, I was so sad this evening thinking about how far we have to go. Yes, we're fired up. Yes, people are registered to vote. Yes, they're coming out on Tuesday in two days. Yes, people are out canvassing. But we have to address the fundamental imbalances and issues that are underlying all of this that are present in society. We have to reset this moral compass and look to love and to compassion for the answers. Because fear and hate will only create more of this, of these inequalities that we're already seeing all around us. So there are two things that I want you to do right now. The first is if you can vote on Tuesday, make sure you are voting and that every single American you know is voting as well. It is absolutely important that we show up and we make our voices heard. That is number one. Number two, think about how more love and compassion can be incorporated into your life. By each of us becoming more loving and more compassionate in small daily acts, we are furthering a society that we want to live in, a society that might seem idealistic, but is absolutely achievable if we all work towards it. We must remain hopeful that change is possible and that by working hard and working together through love, we can create a better future. Have a great week. feedback, comments, ideas, questions, especially your stories are very important to me. I would love to hear from you. So please contact me at we the changemakers pod at gmail.com.